Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Bible study tonight. We'll begin to just enjoy the Lord a little bit by singing a hymn together. We'll sing hymn 631. And then we can all enjoy the life of the Lord that arises from all our death situations. Praise the Lord. From death alone arises. Amen. If right. no death, no life. No life. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. If I had Christ formed within me, I must breathe my final breath. Life within the cross shadow put my soul life ever to death. Amen. 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 Life from death alone arises. There's yeah. no gain except by loss. Amen. 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 
If risen power, I must the cross. Life from death alone arises. If God through the eternal spirit nail me ever with the Lord, only then as death is working, Will his life through me be poured? Amen. Amen. Nail us, Lord. Amen. We want to be nailed with our Lord. Amen. 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 I must have Christ formed within me. I must breathe my final breath. Life in the cross shadow. Put my soul life ever to death. Amen. 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 There is no gain except by loss. Amen. Amen. Life from death alone arises. Amen. Amen. If no death. No life. Amen. 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 Only then, Amen. as death is working, will his life through us be poured. Amen. 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 Mm. Oh, Lord, your Lord. life through us would be poured. Amen. Amen. Oh, Lord, make Amen. us willing to breathe our last breath. So that you Amen. can be called in us. Amen. 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 Um, why can't we just have life? <laughs> but actually, I'm sure many of us can testify that this also is our experience. But actually, this death, saints, it's not a, it's not a suffering. It's actually just a, it's a killing. It's a termination of who we are so that Christ can be formed in us, so that Christ can work in us. So that his life through us can be poured. Um, I was just thinking of another hymn. It's hymn 482. Uh, the, the chorus says, Oh, it is so sweet to die with Christ to the world and self and sin. Oh, it is so sweet to live with Christ as he lives and reigns within. So, of course, on the one hand, the, the, our environments often cause us to experience death. Like, Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, he says, Indeed, uh, we ourselves had the response of death in ourselves. So they were put in a situation where eventually the only response in their being, the only thing that, that answered, they were seeking, What is the response? What is this that's happening? And then the response came death. Okay. The response was, death that was the response that they had but you know what happened he says in verse four 
Let me read verse 3 also. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassions and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, that we may be able to comfort those who are in every affliction through the comforting with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So actually, as death is operating in us, there's a way for the Lord's life to flow. Because actually what's happening is it's like that, that hymn 482 that says it's sweet to die with Christ because now he lives and reigns within. Otherwise, we're, we're just in our soul life, right? Um, if we don't live with the cross's shadow, then all the time there's this, there's this death in us. Oh, it is so sweet to die with Christ to the world and self and sin. Even in this hymn that we just sang. It's our soul life that gets put to end, to the end. Our, our soul life gets terminated. So, saints, this actually is a release to us. It's not a, it's not a suffering. It's not that we, we, the Lord is wanting us to go through some terrible. No, he's wanting to release his life through us. Because if there's no death, then life cannot be released. In fact, the Lord Jesus, he had to go through the same process, right? He also had to experience the death of the cross. He was the first one who went into death. And his death was a sweet death. It's not like Adam's death. Adam's death was terrible, right? It was just, uh, uh, it was just death. Actually, just results in chaos. Okay, but the Lord's death was a sweet death. The Lord's death was a victorious death. The Lord's death was a defeating death. The Lord's death was a conquering death. And so, because the Lord died such a death, now we can be released from ourselves and we can enjoy. All that the Lord is. Okay, maybe let's sing this hymn again and enjoy the Lord. Amen.
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Life from death alone arises. Amen. 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 If no death, no life. Amen. 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 No death, no life. Amen. Amen. Life from death alone arises. Oh, Amen. 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 Oh, Amen. 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 That's right. Across the shadow and put my soul life ever to death. Amen. Within the cross's shadow, put my soul life ever to death. Amen. 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 Oh, Lord, we choose to die to self that only you can be expressed through us. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. Train Amen. us this way, Lord, that will continually put uh, our soul life to death. Amen. 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 Saints, maybe let's come to our scripture reading. Tonight, we're going to read Luke 9 from verse 1 to verse 50. Well, welcome back, everyone. I think we should all be back in the main room now. Um, I hope you enjoyed all the verses. This portion of the word is quite wonderful. The Lord is, um, he came in uh, Luke chapter 4, we saw how the Lord was being prepared for his ministry and how he was incarnated and then how he was tested and uh, just how, how he had grown in life and being prepared to begin to minister. And when he began his ministry, what he began with was reading from a scroll um, uh, in uh, Luke 4, verse 17, there was a scroll handed to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To send away and release those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The year of Jubilee. So, saints, this is what the Lord came. How he began his ministry. He began his ministry by proclaiming the, the Jubilee. And uh, in a way, the disciples were also being prepared. Because... In chapter 6, I believe the Lord chose them. And then from verse chapter 7, we saw how the Lord forgave this, forgives sinners and then how they are at peace with him, how they pour out their love upon him and how he then has those who follow him and minister to him. So uh, 
And then this, then he started speaking about the seed in, in chapter eight, the seed that, that is sown into the soil. So uh, there needs to be growth and life in us. A light, a, a lamp shouldn't be under a bushel. Otherwise, so, so there needs to be a light coming forth from us. Then he starts speaking about his relatives. Who are my real relatives? Well, it's these around me. It's my brothers and sisters, those into whom the seed has been sown. And who's been growing, who's been forgiven, who loves me, who has peace, who's been growing, who has light shining through. So, in a way, the disciples are being prepared. And then they go on this journey, according to the Lord's word. Go across the, the, the sea. And on that journey, many things happen, right? They, they um, get all the waves and the wind and all the opposition by the enemy. They come to the other side. The... The demons are cast out. The unclean business of hog raising is cleared up. They experience all these things with the Lord. They go back. They meet a woman whose life is leaving her. And uh, we saw how this woman and the girl who was 12 were very much related to one another. It's actually the picture of the same person, right? As life is, is, is flowing from us, if life is is not in us then eventually we end up in death so they see how the lord is doing all these things with them taking them on a journey with him and so they're being prepared by the lord and now they are somewhat prepared okay we'll see later on we still need much preparation but okay in verse in chapter 9 verse 1 he calls the 12, okay? He called together the 12 and gave them power and authority of all the demons and he, and he sent them to proclaim the kingdom, okay? So in chapter 4, there was only the Lord proclaiming the jubilee. He, was, he came and he said, this is the year of jubilee. He said, after you read those verses in, from Isaiah, he said, he gave, he, he, after he rolled it back, he gave the scroll back to them. He sat down. All the eyes and the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. So when the Lord came, the Jubilee came. Now he's sending out. So, but then it was just one person. Okay. It was just the Lord who was proclaiming the Jubilee. Now the disciples have also been somewhat prepared. They've been going through all these things on this journey with the Lord. And now the Lord is sending them out to proclaim. Okay, so they go out to proclaim the Jubilee. Okay, they go out to proclaim the Jubilee. And what is that? That has both a, a negative aspect and a positive aspect. On the negative side, they are given authority over all the demons and to heal the diseases. Okay, so on the negative side, fallen man has been occupied, has been, is demon-possessed. Okay, I, we, we probably won't go around and tell all the unbelievers they're demon-possessed. But, brothers and sisters, we have to realize fallen man's condition is that Satan has usurped man. Man seemingly has a lot of freedom, but actually, until the gospel of the kingdom is spoken to us, until we, we are released from the kingdom of Satan, 
we are not released. Okay. Okay, so they go out with authority over the demons. In Acts chapter 26, Paul is speaking to, I think it's King Agrippa. But anyway, he says, this is his commission to open their eyes. Uh, Acts 26, 9, 18, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God. So man is under the authority of Satan and God is turning. God is coming to release us from the authority of Satan to the authority of God. In Colossians, uh, this is also Paul speaking. He says the same thing. Chapter 1, verse 13, who delivered us out of the authority of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So we are being transferred into another kingdom. So on the one hand, they are proclaiming release. Okay, And then the second thing is he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God. Okay, The kingdom of God. What do we have in the kingdom of God? We have God. Hallelujah. This is our portion. Our portion is God. So the captives, Satan usurps man from enjoying God in Christ. When Christ came, he came to proclaim the year of the Jubilee, the release of the captives. Actually, saints, this, this is actually what uh, this matter of the Jubilee is what Luke wants to impress us with. He, when the Lord begins his ministry, he begins his ministry with the Jubilee. So now when we come to chapter 9, we saw all these different events. Okay, We'll speak more as we go through it. We'll see there's many different events. But actually, they're all showing us aspects of the application of the Jubilee that was proclaimed in chapter 4. The Lord came to proclaim the Jubilee. Now he's sending out the disciples. And they are applying they're making it real to man okay so they are proclaiming the kingdom of god we are being returned to our rightful position to our rightful uh, uh status where we can inherit and enjoy okay Okay, and then he says, take nothing for your journey. Verse 3, neither a staff, nor a bag, nor bread, nor money, uh, nor two tunics apiece, and enter into whatever house, and into whatever house you enter, remain there, and from there go out. Okay, so in the Jubilee, actually, uh, when God has the headship, when the Lord has the authority, and when we are in the kingdom of God, there will be a proper living for all the saints. Because we will no longer live for ourselves. In today's society, we each just care for our own home. We care for our own living. So we have to take <laughs> for our journey a staff and a bag and bread and money. We have to take all these things with us. Because in today's society in the world today there is not the 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 unselfish the living of god's kingdom as a reality okay so when the lord sends the out his disciples he's sending them out 
uh, in the reality of the Jubilee. Okay, then um, in verse 6, he charges them. And they went out and passed through village after village, announcing the gospel and healing everywhere. Okay, this was the Lord's charge to them. You need to announce the gospel. Actually, the gospel is the New Testament. That is the gospel. And the New Testament is the announcing of the Jubilee. It is the release of the captives, and it is the returning of our rightful inheritance and enjoyment of God. Okay, in verse 7, we see that Herod had some, he was very perplexed. Uh, was this John that had been raised from the dead? Um, in verse 9, it says that he, John I beheaded. So Herod had beheaded John, and he's wondering what is going on here. Okay, so the Lord, um, so let's go on to verse 10. Uh, and when the apostles returned, they related to him the things that had been done, and taking them aside, he withdrew privately into a city called Bethsaida. So the Lord, Herod is, is maybe, I don't know, maybe there's some threats. So the Lord is withdrawing to a city called Bethsaida. But wherever the Lord goes, brothers and sisters, actually wherever he goes, he just keeps proclaiming the gospel. He keeps proclaiming the year of Jubilee. He keeps releasing man from captivity of Satan, and he keeps supplying man with the riches, with the enjoyment, okay? Meeting man's need. Okay, so in verse 11, it says, But the crowds found out and followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them concerning the kingdom of God. And those who had need of healing, he healed. And the day began to decline, and the twelve came and said to him, Send the crowd away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and countryside to lodge and find provisions, because we are here in a deserted place. So the disciples are seeing the situation. They're making a decision according to the natural mind, according to the natural concept. Lord, here's a need. What are we going to do with all these people? They're hungry. There's nothing here to eat. They don't have food to eat. Let's send them away. That's actually to bring man under the law. Okay. But what does the Lord tell them? But the Lord says to them, you give them something to eat. But they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish unless we go and buy food for all these people. For there are about 5,000 men Okay, so how many people were there? If there's 5,000 men, there must have been like women and children included, I don't know, 10,000, maybe more. And so the Lord is telling them, no, 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 no. Let's not send them away. Let's not bring them under the law. I'm here to proclaim the gospel. If the Lord had sent them away, they might have all been like maybe the People in the crowd, they might have been, oh, I've been here all day. It's been a long day. I've been in the sun. It's hot. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. And now I'm being sent away. So instead of, instead of abundance or, or supply, there's poverty. Okay. But so what does the Lord do? The Lord says, no, no, no. This is the age of grace. We are not under the law. 
he comes to announce the kingdom to them. And then he begins to apply the kingdom. Then he begins to apply this word of the jubilee. Okay, so he says to his disciples, make them recline in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and made them all recline. And he took the five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they ate and were all satisfied. Hallelujah. What a, what a jubilee, right? They ate and they were all satisfied. And you know what? Not only did they eat and satisfy, and what was left over among them was taken up. Twelve hand baskets of broken pieces. So actually, with the Lord, not only is there supply and satisfaction, but there is always a surplus. There is always something over. There were more left over after they had eaten than before they began. When they began, they only had five loaves and two fish. But when they had been fed, there was something left over. So, of course, today, the, the loaves, that's the plant life, right? Which in the Bible signifies generation, generating life. It's the life that generates, okay? Regeneration, okay? The fish is of the animal life. And the animal life were used as sacrifices, the redeeming life. So actually, when the Lord comes to proclaim the Jubilee, when he comes to man who's hungry, who's, who's thirsty, he comes to give us both the, the, the generating life and the redeeming life. These two aspects are what we receive with the Lord. And you know what, what we get? We get abundance. We don't get just a little bit. In Philippians uh, chapter 1, Verse 19, Paul says, For I know that this will turn out to, to salvation. That, that, sorry, for I know that for me this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's not just a little supply. No, no, no. There is a bountiful supply in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In Ephesians 3, Paul says in this 8, to me, less than the least of all saints was this grace given. To announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. The unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. So when, when, when Christ comes, you know what comes? is The jubilee comes. And the jubilee means satisfaction for everyone. There, was not, there couldn't have been a person left there who was thinking, Oh, I never got fed. I'm still hungry. There were 12 hand baskets of broken pieces left over. Okay, so that means that everyone ate and were satisfied. You could not have not been satisfied. Otherwise, there wouldn't have been anything left over, right? Maybe we would have said, okay, maybe everybody just got a little piece because they were only, but they, they were left over. So this means you know what the kingdom of God is? The kingdom of God 
is a satisfaction that meets all of man's needs. Saints, why do you think the kingdom of God will be like one day? The kingdom of God surely is not like the world that we live in today. Surely the, the, the world that we live in today, even the things that according to, I don't know, according to the media or according to uh, uh, advertisements and things we think we need that are trying to draw our love, isn't this our experience that those things leave us empty? They leave us dry. They don't supply us. They don't give love. They absorb. They take. They leave us afterwards. We're left empty and dry with no supply. But the kingdom of God is not like that at all. These, these 5,000 men and however many other there were, they were not left by the Lord. Well, please depart. Go into the villages and care for yourselves. They were fed and supplied to the point of over. There were 12 hand baskets over. Okay. So now in the next section, in verse 18, the Lord goes and he's praying alone. Again, we just see the Lord just, he really is. The, uh, the wonderful God, the man-savior, is not just there basking in the glory of what, what miracle he's, he's done now, feeding all these thousands and thousands and thousands of people. But he goes to, to pray alone. And so as he's praying alone, he questions them. Who do the crowds say that I am? This question seems a bit perplexing, right? What does this have to do with the feeding of the 5,000? Lord, why are you speaking about who you are after you fed 5,000 people? But actually what we see here is that these things are very much related, okay? And they answered and said, John the Baptist, others Elijah, and others that a certain prophet and the, of the ancients has risen. So this is this is at best what what man's view of Christ can be. At best, man can see that he is a prophet. Okay. Without revelation, we can only say that Christ is a prophet. Okay. He said to them, but in verse 20 he says, But you, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said, The Christ of God. You are the Christ. Now, the word Christ means anointed one. Isn't this something? In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. The Lord came as the anointed one. The jubilee cannot Come, it cannot happen. It has no reality apart from Christ coming. Apart from Christ, there is no jubilee. But as soon as Christ comes, and as soon as Christ enters into our lives and into our situations, there is the jubilee. There is the kingdom of God. Because Christ 
really is the Jubilee. Saints, he didn't just really, he didn't just come to proclaim good news, to proclaim liberty, to proclaim release, to proclaim healing. He is that. Saints, and he doesn't just want to give us things like meet the needs of man outwardly. He wants to give us himself. This is what we have in the New Testament as a reality, is we have the Christ of God. He is the real satisfaction. Like that verse we just read in Ephesians 3.8, we announce the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. It's Christ that we're announcing. Saints, I hope that as we're going on and growing in the Lord and, and um, keeping pursuing him, that, that there will be a change in our appetite, in our um, taste. And we will begin to have no appetite other than Christ. We will begin to seek Christ and him only. No other thing but Christ. Because this is the one whom God has given to us as our jubilee. Okay. So then he charged them and commanded them to tell this to no one saying the son of man, and now he begins to speak about his death and resurrection. Okay. Again, we might think, well, what does this have to do now with bread and, 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 and fish, right? About being fed with satisfaction, about uh, the, um, the healing of the sick, the authority over demons, the healing of the diseases, the proclamation of the kingdom. Well, Actually, this has everything to do with it, okay? Like that hymn that we sang, if no death, no life. Saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed. And on the third day be raised. And he said to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, brothers and sisters, before the Lord passed through death and resurrection, he was among his disciples. But he told them that it's better for them that he would go. Because then he would send the comforter. When the comforter would come, he would no longer be among them, but he would enter into them. He would be inside of them. So now God doesn't want Christ to only be outside of us. But there needs to be a sowing into death so that the comforter can come, so that the Lord can, can release his life. Actually, it's through Christ's death that he defeated the enemy. I think it's Hebrews 2 verse 14 that says, through death he destroyed him who has the might of death, that is the devil. So Christ's death was really a victorious defeat of Satan. How could Christ come to release us from the authority of Satan if he has not defeated him? If he could not bind the strong man, if he's not been able to defeat him, then how can Christ release us? But praise the Lord. 
His death is a victorious death. And through death, he has destroyed him who has the might of death. Okay? And then, not only did he pass into death, but death could not hold him. And on the third day, he resurrected. So through, our, through the death of Christ, we are released. We are on the negative side. All the negative things are dealt with, right? All those things of, of uh, uh, being bound, the, the, the diseases, all the sicknesses, the wages of sin is death. All the death gets dealt with by the cross. Then in resurrection, now we are able to enjoy. Now we have the enjoyment of God as our portion. So actually it's through Christ's death and his resurrection that the jubilee is now applied. The jubilee was proclaimed. Now the jubilee is applied by Christ's death and his resurrection. Okay, now for us, we follow the Lord. We follow the Lord in this. He says, and when we follow the Lord so that we have, might have the enjoyment of the Lord. And he said to them, if anyone wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So to take up our cross daily is to deny ourselves. Now with the Lord, he took up his cross and then he went to be crucified, right? Then he was crucified. For us, we are crucified with the Lord. When the Lord was crucified, we are crucified with him. So actually, we need to be identified with Christ. This is how we even become the, those who proclaim the gospel. Okay, we, we become not just, I, uh, I enjoyed, uh, we, had a, we had a Bible retreat with some students a few weeks ago. And we were speaking about Acts. And you know what's the intrinsic significance of Acts? Acts is not just a book full of different acts. Like, okay, these are the things that the disciples did. It's not like, okay, here's the Gospels. Here's what the Lord did. And now when we get to Acts, now it's what the disciples did. No. Acts is actually, if you get into it, you will realize that Acts is the continuation of Christ. Christ's life didn't end at the end of the Gospels. And now the disciples have to do things and proclaim the Lord Jesus. Acts is actually the continuation of the living of Christ in a corporate entity called the church as the body of Christ. Wow, the church is the body of Christ. So when Christ died, we, when we believe into the Lord, we are identified with him. We are crucified with him. In Romans 5, I believe Paul says that um, knowing this, that our old men have been crucified with Christ. Okay, I'm not going to look at the verse now. Sorry, saints. I don't have the exact reference with me now. Oh, sorry. It's actually in chapter 6, Romans 6 verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him. Okay, so, so we have been crucified with the Lord. But now, after we have been crucified with the Lord, we pick up our cross daily. That means to deny ourselves. That means that we, in verse 24, it says, for whoever wants to save his soul life shall lose it. 
but whoever loses his soul for my sake, this one shall save it. Okay, so the, this verse talks about the enjoyment of the soul life. So if we want to be those who keep the enjoyment of our soul life, in other words, we believe into the Lord, we are saved, we praise the Lord and receive the new life, but we do not pick up our cross daily and follow him. In fact, we choose to rather enjoy what the world has to offer to us. Then what happens is we keep the enjoyment of our soul life. We're not willing to lose our soul life. We're not willing to, 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 to let go of the enjoyment of our soul life today for the sake of the Lord. Saints, this is not just, oh, I'm, I'm suffering like we said earlier. It's not just the suffering. No, that's not what it is at all. It's for the sake of the Lord. Actually, you know what, brothers and sisters, we're not really giving up the enjoyment of our soul. We're actually, we're actually gaining our soul. We're actually gaining Christ as the reality of what God intended for man to enjoy. This is what God's intention is for us, is to enjoy him, is to be in the jubilee, as not to be bound by Satan, as not to work for Pharaoh and, and enjoy the riches of Egypt. Okay, so we are those who then deny, we pick up our cross daily by denying our soul, by, by not living for the enjoyment of our soul, for the Lord's sake. Verse 25, the Lord says, for what is a man profited if he gains the whole world? So many men, oh, it seems they've gained the whole world. But when you look at their, their lives, you realize they forfeited, they forfeited themselves. They're actually so empty, right? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words of this one, so the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and the glory and of the holy angels. This is speaking about the, the coming kingdom, the millennial kingdom, where we will be uh, either then we will forfeit ourselves if we keep the enjoyment of our soul in this age, However, if we're willing to follow the Lord and go along with him, then we will be those who will enjoy for a thousand years with the Lord, ruling and reigning with him in the kingdom. So brothers and sisters, praise the Lord. He has come to announce the Jubilee. And now, actually through the whole book of Luke, we see how the Jubilee is being applied by the Lord to man. Amen. Okay, I'm going to end there. Brother Hector will continue for us. Amen. I really appreciated the sections we were, we were covering. Apparently, there's no connection. But um, in order for us to unlock this section, actually, even the rest of the Gospel of Luke, it is important, like Brother Adrian, help us to realize, to pay attention to how the Lord began his ministry. This is a gospel of Luke. And here, when the Lord came to minister uh, to preach the gospel, he announced the Jubilee. And uh, this, uh, this afternoon, I was looking again uh, in Leviticus 25, uh, the first time where the Jubilee is presented. And one major thing 
the, the aspect of the Jubilee is that the captives are released. Actually, in chapter 25, it says, the year of Jubilee will be a year of liberty. Liberty. It will be a year of freedom. And then not only are we released from captivity, that's on the negative side, but also we are brought into our possession, our possession, our rightful possession. The children of Israel, when they came into the good land, they were apportioned a part of the land by families and by tribes. This was their possession. This was their possession, God-given possession. However, uh, some of them, they lost this possession. So on the 50th year, there would be a proclamation of number one, liberty. That is, whoever had sold themselves into slavery, on that 50th year, they would be released. They could just be released at no cost, um, no terms and conditions. They would be released. Oh, many Christians, and I would say also myself included, I love this part. Oh, praise the Lord, we are released. However, that's only one part of the Jubilee. The Jubilee is not primarily concerned or not only concerned with the release, but it's also concerned with the recovery of our enjoyment of the good land. We are being recovered to our rightful possession. Uh, brothers and sisters, actually, our real possession, man's real possession, is God. Our real possession is not our house. It's not our car. It's not our husband or wife or our family. Actually, our real possession is God. In Genesis 4, Cain, one of the saddest verses in the Bible, it says, Cain went away from the presence of Jehovah. Actually, that was a loss. That was Cain's biggest loss. Did Cain have a house after that? Of course he did. Did he have a household? He did. Did he have children? He did. But Cain had lost his real possession. Our real possession is God. I, I, I hope uh, we would have this kind of a realization that Actually, when the Lord came to announce the Jubilee, not only did he announce the release from all kinds of captivities, from all kinds of distractions, but he announced uh, our returning to our possession, our returning to God himself. Oh, the, the, this to me was very, very, we, we still today maybe are concerned by you know, we have all kinds of security to keep our earthly possession. I'm not saying we shouldn't have those. But do we have this kind of a, a realization of God is our real possession? Maybe when, it, when we hear the Jubilee, we pay attention more to um, the release. But here, the Lord is showing us there's more than just the release. There's the turning away from darkness, from the authority of darkness to God. This is, this, is the, this is the goal of the Jubilee, not just to release us, but to turn us to God, to turn us from all kinds of 
uh, bondages, all kinds of uh, 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 captivity, uh, all kinds of uh, sicknesses, diseases. This is what the Lord uh, sent the disciples with, authority to cast out demons and to heal. The demons had usurped man. The word usurp means to take something and use it for a different purpose than what it's meant for. Uh, when the children of Israel left Egypt, God uh, allowed them to take certain items of gold, of uh, fine linen, but the enemy came in and usurped those items so that they use it for their own earrings, for beautification, and eventually the, the result of that was a golden calf. And as a result, that gold ended up being uh, useless to the Lord. Actually, this is what a man, man's real condition is, fallen man's condition. It's that although he was created for God, created to enjoy God, man's inner being has been usurped. His inner being is being used to enjoy other things. So when the Lord announces the Jubilee, all kinds of enjoyment that's not, that's what we're created for, to what we, we were made for, to enjoy God. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so impressed with this. And uh, the picture we saw here is that not only was there an announcement of the Jubilee, the Jubilee is related to the kingdom. So uh, this is quite amazing that the Jubilee on the one hand is a release, but we're also being brought to a kingdom. And we saw that in this kingdom, there's the healing, there's the driving away of demons, but not only that, there's the feeding. 5,000 men, they ate and they were all satisfied. I don't know about you, uh, at home, I have a, an older brother. There would be food, especially when it came to dessert. Sometimes not both, not, not both of us would be satisfied. There would be an argument, who had more? Actually, that's because the food would be finished. But brothers and sisters, in the kingdom of God, 12 baskets full, that's after everybody is satisfied. There's 12 baskets. I hope this would give us an aspiration. Lord, I, would des I desire to live in your kingdom. The enemy captures us. He gives us this thought that God's kingdom is rules, 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 rules. Actually, God's kingdom is nothing more than our enjoying this life and this life growing. This is what God's kingdom is. As this life grows, as we enjoy him, this life grows. And this life is a ruling. You know, just like we all have the human life, um, the human life I have, the more I grow, the more the human life regulates me. It regulates me how much I eat. I cannot eat indefinitely. The human life is going to say, oh, that's enough. Will, will tell me it's time to eat the, the time will sound Katie 
example of the Lord um, is our kingdom. It's in life. It's not as we see, uh, especially as portrayed in our, in our present situation. However, God's kingdom is in life. God uh, rules by his life. It's not by anything else. Uh, so that's what we saw. Although the Lord came to proclaim uh, the, the jubilee, uh, he, the Lord showed us that as the Christ, he needed to go through a certain, uh, he needed to take certain steps in order for us to have this jubilee. And this is what we covered in verses 22 to 26. That was the Lord had to, I'm sorry, yes, the Lord had to die. He had to be killed, had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things, and then go on the cross and die. However, in order for us to participate in the Jubilee, we need to also identify with the Lord in his death. So the Lord died in order to accomplish the Jubilee, but we also need to die to our natural life in order to enjoy. The main principle is this. The Jubilee is not for the natural man. The man. For as long as we are in the natural life, we have nothing to do with the Jubilee. Actually, it could be the year of Jubilee, but well, when we live in our natural life, Actually, that is, we live by our soul life. We keep our soul life. We preserve our soul life. Actually, this causes us to miss the enjoyment of the Jubilee. It causes us to miss uh, the entry into the Jubilee. When we were born again, our spirit was regenerated. This was the beginning of the Jubilee. In order for us to continue to live in this Jubilee, we need to deny our soul life. That is, we take care of our spirit life. Uh, I use that word to, as, a, as a contrast, that instead of taking care of our soul life, we deny, we say no to our soul life, but we take care of our spirit life. Not only must we uh, take care of our spirit life, Furthermore, this is the section we're going to cover from here. This, we, need only, we need also to undergo another experience. So not only the experience of death to our soul life, but we also need to experience transfiguration. This is what the, the next section of Luke 9 is about. So verse 27 says, uh, But I say to you truly, there are some of those standing here who shall by no means taste death until they see the kingdom of God. So right after the Lord had, had uh, opened to the disciples that he must die, and those who want to follow him, they too must deny their soul life. And he says, whoever denies the Lord in this, uh, in, uh, right now, the Lord will, will also be ashamed of him when he comes back in glory. So the Lord, when he returns, he will return in his glory. Uh, that word is going to be important, his glory. Uh, you can underline it or highlight it. Um, <clears throat> and here, after that, the Lord 
mentions that there are some who will not see death, who will not taste death until before they see the kingdom of God. And then about eight days later, the Lord took Peter, John, and James to a mountain. Verse 29, as he prayed, the appearance of his face became different and his garment was dazzling white. In Matthew, the word used to explain this is the word transfiguration. Actually, the word transfiguration uh, in Greek is the same word as transformation. So not only in order for us to, to enjoy the Jubilee, the Lord showed us we need to follow him and deny our soul life, but also here the Lord shows us that there's need of transfiguration, which means the transformation. So we deny our soul life, but what process must our soul experience? We need to, in this age, we need to be those who allow the Lord to transform us. If we're going to enter fully into the Jubilee, we need to experience the transformation of our soul. Actually, this word transformation uh, appears in Romans 12, 2, where it says, do not be fashioned according to this age, but be transformed. Actually, brothers and sisters, the more we enjoy the transformation of the Lord, the more we are released from every captivity. The more we are turned from darkness to God. This is what transformation is. We are turned from all kinds of captivity. We are returned to our possession. We are returned to God. Actually, on the one hand, as Brother Adrian said, seemingly we're just denying and it seems like a suffering. But actually, the other side of the same coin is that the more we deny our, our soul life, the more we can experience transformation. That is, we can experience the Lord's supply. The more he supplies us with himself, the more the Lord uh, uh, um, discharges the natural element, the old element. The more we become people who are not natural, who are not in the old man. And when we are not in the old man, we become those who are in the jubilee. Remember, the jubilee has nothing to do with the old man. The more we live in our old man, the more we are frustrated from enjoying the Jubilee. Um, you know, uh, uh, I emphasize this because how much do we experience this? How much do we experience? We may ask, Lord, how can I enjoy you more? Actually, in this part of the Gospel of Luke helps us to realize that our enjoyment of the Lord is directly related to how much we deny our soul life. The more we deny our soul life, the more we are released from all kinds of usurpation, all kinds of usurpation, all kinds of bondage. Not only do we hear the proclamation of the Jubilee, but we enter, we experience the Jubilee. We are, the Jubilee becomes our experience. It becomes applied to us. So uh, the matter of our being transformed 
is actually related to the Jubilee. Um, and this transformation in verse 31, uh, remember the word transfiguration is the same as transformation. Uh, in verse 31, it talks about when the Lord was uh, on the mountain, uh, the disciples saw that he, he was speaking to two men, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory. So you see, what do we have here? We have transfiguration, which is transformation. We have God's kingdom, because the Lord told them they will not taste death until they see the kingdom. And eight days later, this is exactly what happened. Um, and then we also see glory. Actually, the more we allow the Lord to transform us, the more we enter the kingdom of God in its appearance. We may have its reality, but the more we allow the Lord to spread and transform every part of our soul, the more we enter the kingdom of God in its appearance. Um, you, you know, uh, Oh, Lord Jesus, maybe, maybe uh, I'll just give an example. Uh, something I've been considering, you know, our time. How do we spend our time? Maybe we spend our time in a natural way. However, if we were to open to the Lord concerning how we spend our time, allow the Lord to touch us, allow him the room to touch us, then in our spending our time, there the kingdom of God is. The more the Lord, the more we allow the Lord to transform us, to have all the room in our being concerning how we spend our time. So this is how we can enter into the experience of the Jubilee. Um, okay, because of time, uh, uh, we, we, we have to go on. But uh, I, I hope this gives us a, a, a picture of not only do we need to deny on the negative side our soul life, but on a positive side, we need to enjoy the Lord, enjoy our possession. The more we enjoy him, the more his element replaces our natural life so that we become those in the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, of course, in this section, uh, we saw Peter woke up. Uh, actually, Peter and James and John, they had fallen asleep. And then when they woke up, they saw the Lord uh, being released uh, from the flesh, from the natural life. Uh, he was, uh, he was uh, dazzling white in his clothing and his, and his face was different. So they observed the Lord in his glory. They saw the kingdom of God. Actually, when they were in the, on the mountain there, by being in the presence of the Lord in his glory, Peter, James, and John, they were in the realm of the kingdom of God. Actually, Peter said, uh, Master, it is good for us to be here. You know, I hope we would have such an experience of allowing the Lord. The more the Lord spread, we could have such an experience. It is good for us to be here. Um, of course, Peter wasn't clear what he was experiencing, and he suggested an absurd uh, suggestion. He said, well, let's make three tents. Uh, Peter didn't want to go to down the mountain. He wanted to stay up. So let's make three tents. One for you, Lord, one for Elijah, and one for Moses. 
Uh, and then he was interrupted by the voice in the cloud. Um, this shows that actually nothing uh, should be put on the same level as the Lord. Only he is the Lord. He's the chosen one. Um, so this, this, is, this, is, uh, this is the point that in order for us to experience the Jubilee, first, we need to be those who deny our soul life. But that's on the negative side. And on the positive side, we need to be those who are experiencing the Lord for our transformation. In, uh, maybe I'll, I'll just give us this verse. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, actually, we see there exactly these three things. In Luke 9, we have the kingdom of God, we have glory, and we have transformation or transfiguration. If you look at 2 Corinthians 3.18, actually, we see those three things again. We have whenever their heart turns to the Lord, um, the veil is taken away, and the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom there is jubilee wherever the lord is there is jubilee and right after that then it talks about uh let me just read it but we all with unveiled face beholding and reflecting like a mirror the glory of the lord so there's glory remember on the mountain of transfiguration the, the lord was in glory in 2 Corinthians 3.18, there's also glory. So the disciples were, were in the realm of God's kingdom, in a realm of glory. They were enjoying the jubilee. Uh, but notice uh, in verse 18 of 2 Corinthians, there's also transformation. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as from the Lord Spirit. So here, we are being transformed from, the, from glory to glory. That's what was on the Mount of Transfiguration. The Lord was in glory. But here now, we are the ones experiencing that glory. So we have glory in 2 Corinthians. We have transformation. We have the kingdom because the Lord is there. So actually, when we are enjoying the Lord through our transformation, Actually, we are in the Jubilee. I hope, I hope uh, this would be an encouragement to all of us. Lord, transform me. Take me out of the natural life. I don't want to live in the natural life. In the natural life, there's bondage. There's anxiety. There's all kinds of concerns. But Lord, when I'm beholding you, I am being transformed. And wherever you are, Lord, there is freedom. There is jubilee. My soul is not usurped. My soul is, is released. There's freedom. And now, because there's freedom, my soul is available for you, Lord, to, to, for me to be transformed from the same, from, the, from glory to glory, even as, uh, uh, into the same image as the Lord. So actually, uh, I, I hope uh, th this, this connection is, is clear that the more we enjoy the Lord's transformation, the more we are entering into the Jubilee.
the more the Jubilee becomes our experience. Okay, we, we have to go on because of time. Uh, and then uh, we come to verse 37. So these, these verses from chapter, sorry, from, uh, from verse 37 to verse 50, they actually show us that although the Lord had been the one who was the Jubilee and was announcing the Jubilee, wherever he was, there was the Jubilee, actually the disciples were not fully in the Jubilee. They had some amount of experience, but they were not fully in the Jubilee. Actually, this is what these uh, accounts help us to see. The disciples were still in the natural life. Okay, so the Lord is on the mountain. He's being transfigured uh, and then uh, uh, conversing with Moses and Elijah. And in verse 37, it shows us what was happening at the bottom of the mountain, in the valley. There, uh, paraphrasing, on the following day, when they came down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. And behold, a man from the crowd called out saying, teacher, I beg, I beg you to look upon my son, for he's my only child. And behold, a spirit takes him and suddenly he cries out and it throws him into convulsions with foaming. And it hardly gives, uh, uh, it hardly goes away from him all the time crushing him. So this, is, this was the situation when the Lord came down the mountain. There was this young man who was being usurped, usurped by a demon. This person was not enjoying the Jubilee. And the disciples had tried to cast out this demon, uh, but they could not. That's what verse 40, I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could, they could not. Why could the disciples not cast out the demon? The reason why is they were still in the natural life. Actually, in our natural life, Satan and his kingdom has ground. We do not have authority to release others or to be released. So this is why here the disciples could not cast out this demon. Um, they were, they, were they were unable to cast out the demon because they were not fully released. They had enjoyed part of the Jubilee, but not fully. As a result, they were not able to cast out this demon. So the Lord came in and he, he, he rebuked the demon. He rebuked the unclean spirit and it went away. You see, the Lord as the one who was the Jubilee and was fully in the Jubilee, he could cast out this, this, this unclean spirit. And they were all astounded at the majesty of God. And while all were marveling, uh, you, you have to pay attention to this. While they were all focusing on this, the Lord in verse 20, uh, 44, he turned and he said, put these words in your ears. For the son of man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. So the Lord is burdened to show the disciples that he needs to uh, accomplish the Jubilee. But the disciples had no, uh, 
had no realization. They had no heart. Uh, they were still in a natural man. They couldn't receive this word. Uh, so verse 45 says, they did not understand the saying. The Lord's word had no room. They were still in a natural man. Actually, instead of the Lord's word getting into their being, actually, what was in their being? Verse 46, reasoning. The disciples were reasoning, uh, competing. What were they caring for? You could tell these the, the, the brothers, although they were with the Lord, they were not fully in the Jubilee. They were still in, an, in the natural man. Their being was usurped. Instead of being released and, and, and being one with the Lord, yes, Lord, go to Jerusalem so you can release uh, you can you can release the jubilee. The, the brothers, they were occupied, usurped by who is greater. Oh, I hope we would not be such ones. You know, you might say this kind of a usurpation is a good one because it's related to God's kingdom, right? Who's, who's great in the kingdom of God? Lord, I want to be great in your kingdom. Actually, such a usurpation causes us to miss the enjoyment of the jubilee. You know, we, we might be concerned about, oh, I, I love the Lord more than someone else. I want to love you more than someone else. Uh, loving the Lord is a good thing, but in this way, actually the disciples had been usurped. Their being was not open. So this shows us again, that as long as we are in the natural man, we have nothing to do with the Jubilee. Actually, we lose the enjoyment of the Jubilee. Here, the disciples should have said no to such a kind of a comparison. I, I hope uh, we don't have such a comparison, brothers and sisters, in the church life or wherever locality we are in. There's no such a comparison but our being is open to be released from all kinds of measures, all kinds of scale. That brother is better than that brother. That sister cooks better than that sister. Uh, I know one brother, uh, the sisters cooked different salads uh, and one brother just put it all in one bowl and mixed it. I, I, I know this probably was a challenge to the sisters. Maybe they thought the salad was the best and the brother just mixed it up with everything. Oh, such a, uh, a denying of the soul. No, no kind of a comparison, not to be occupied with this, but to be released to enjoy the Lord as our possession. Okay, uh, and then uh, verses 45, 46 to 50, uh, I will conclude with this. Uh, this, uh, this was uh, the comparison of the uh, disciples. And in this section, actually, we see again, the Lord speaks something, but the disciples have something else occupying. Jesus, seeing their, the reasoning of their heart, took hold of a little child and stood beside him, uh, stood the child beside himself, and he said to them, Whoever receives this little child because of my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you 
This one is great. The Lord is, is, is helping the disciples, seeking to help them to come out of such a comparison. But John responds and says, uh, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him. Uh, do you see this kind of a usurpation? These brothers, although they had been with the Lord, they were still occupied. They were still struggling. They, were, they had not yet learned to deny their self, their soul life, in order to enjoy the jubilee. The Lord is burdened with, to release the, the life that's in him so that we would enjoy it. They are concerned with, uh, well, the other group, you know, the other Christian group is doing that. We, we stop them. This is what they cared for. Oh, I hope we would have this enjoyment of the Jubilee, brothers and sisters, where we are released from all kinds of bondages. They could be spiritual measures, spiritual um, uh, goals we set for ourselves, but actually we need to not care for that, but to care for the enjoyment of our possession to which we've been recovered. And that is to enjoy the Lord. Okay, because of time, I think, uh, I think this we will stop here. But in order for us to enter into the enjoyment of the Jubilee, we need to first deny our soul life and take care of our spirit life by enjoying the Lord, which enjoyment causes us to be transformed into the same image.